my car broke down and I didn't have the money to buy another car. So I was looking on Craigslist at uh, scooters and I went to go see one of them and I was like, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> and my husband, Derek, literally said the words, stop being a pussy and buy a motorcycle and sent me the link to the bike that I bought. And he was 100% joking, but... I was like, okay, great. I'll rise to the occasion. And I called the guy and settled on a price and settled on a date. And then I was like, oh, you have to come with me to come pick up the motorcycle that you told me to buy. And he was like, oh, what now? <laughs> we were actually, I think at happy hour drinking wine. And somehow we just got on the subject of maybe we should start a mushroom cultivation business. And we, we were like excited about it, but I probably come up with at least 10 business ideas every day and most of them are terrible, but somehow it like stuck in the back of our heads and, uh, I bought it. It kind of happened from and there. And it just kind of sat in our driveway for like a couple of weeks. And then one day I was like, okay, I'm going to ride it. And I like put on 20 layers because for some reason that makes it safer. It didn't, but it, just, it made it so I couldn't move and I get on the bike and I'm like, breathing so heavy i thought my heart was just gonna like fall out my mouth and i get on the road and it breaks down you know as i took over the studio they were friends of mine so i was like i was doing freelance work out of there but i was not responsible for bills i was not responsible for anything other than just coming in and working and being like okay how much do i owe you so i think i said to myself oh this is great i'll be able to record my bands for free it's funny that my impetus for jumping into that business was purely for my own edification. And now it's like something completely different. There really wasn't much of a vision. It was just like, okay, let's go for this. We started with like a 55 gallon drum and a hose and some five gallon buckets. And then we'd be like, oh, we need more stuff. Oh, it's like $300. Okay, I guess we'll buy it. And I was like, well, we decided to do this thing. So I can't really turn around now. I call. Eric and he comes and somehow gets it started again and I finish my ride to our old farm and we were just like and we're in it like at this point the best feeling in the world like keep going like all of this adrenaline rush and just like you just fall in love with it so fast and you're like oh this is like my whole life now and I didn't plan on that but that's what's happening and I can't stop <laughs> all right we're rolling Veneers is a podcast about layers, created and produced by Katy Perry and Alice Anderson. Each episode, we explore the layers of narrative that form everyday experience and shape the people around us. The job of an audio engineer in my book has to do with capturing audio with the correct gain structure, trying to keep it as clean as possible, and in the vision of the client. My name is Todd Hutchison. I own Arcadia Recording Company here in Portland. When I'm finally putting a microphone in front of someone, I'm definitely sizing the person up. And there's an amount of trust, I think, that goes on because it's my job to capture a performance. I personally like a lot of different styles of music. So when I took over, you know, I had a huge client base that was straight up jazz stuff and a lot of free jazz stuff and 
black metal and every time I do something like that I learn something more about about that process or about that style of music or you know about miking techniques or anything of that nature and that's really that's why I do what I do. My husband and I were trying to do some maintenance to my first motorcycle and I had never done anything before it and I remember trying to get the spark plug loose and it slipped and I pretty much just punched part of the engine where the little fins are and all of a sudden on my thumb I was like bleeding a lot and I just remember like this feeling of like I want to know what makes this thing tick and I want to conquer it. Blood and machinery I guess go together heavily for me. Um, my name's Frankie Lohman and I'm going to be moving to Phoenix, Arizona to go to MMI, the Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. And I'm going to come back and open my own motorcycle uh, shop. My name is Elia Tanhauser, and I'm one of the co-founders of North Spore Mushroom Company. Um, we've been in business for two and a half years, and we started in this tiny little garage and grew our first like three pounds of oyster mushrooms. And we just walked around Portland to restaurants. We were like, you want to buy these? And some people just be like, who are you? And in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, that's right. Like, you don't trust us or know who we are. But I was kind of like, you will. Like, you will recognize us as like the premier mushroom growers. But I guess we're going to have to work on this. <laughs> we were just like, no matter what we have, we're going to start creating revenue and try to make this work. I took my bike to get it fixed at Phoenix Cycle Shop. And I remember saying, is there any way you'd ever do an apprenticeship. Taking over a business that's already known. They just has, did all it's of a sudden. It just came from somewhere inside of me that was like, I knew oh, I that I was going to have to be now. in the trenches for a number of years to get new client base and to earn old client base trust and to sort of just get it going, you know, never having owned my own business or been self-employed in my entire so life. So for like a year and a half, a I've been apprenticing at the shop and, and sort of just, I just kind of just realized I could be here for like another five years and not and learn everything I want to. It's a little bit easier and paperwork's a little easier, but then I was sort of kind of working out the setup of the studio, the, you know, we pretty much were just from the beginning we're full time and, year and it's four, hard to I'm take that leap of faith now. and be financially able to just go for what you're doing. But if you just kind of limp something along, it never will build momentum. My own personal bands or any of that before sort of North Spore, definitely took more most of, of the jobs I worked just because I knew it was going to be a hard but as soon as I committed to North Spore it just seemed like things like just started falling in place I sort of had this fear I guess because it was this foray into self-employment I remember you know? telling so my I husband really like Oh my God, I think I want to do this. And it actually was worse than that because I said, I think I want to do this. I applied to a school already and and they accepted me. Just do it. I've never had a problem following my heart. I've always just made the decision and stuck with it and pretty much given anybody the finger who wanted to stand in my way or tell me that it wasn't the thing to do. And it especially rings true now because I've been met with a lot of resistance. If you have a part-time job, you shouldn't leave your husband. You shouldn't leave your business where you a successful and business. It was stupid to start and this business. Like, like, I felt like, no, that man, at times. this is my life, and, and I only get one. And if I want to learn a new skill, I'm going to learn a new skill, regardless of what it looks like to everybody else. Dream, but by making the other options more distant, that kind of pushed us to make that work. I don't know. There's something about it that, like, if you push hard and fast and are really passionate about it, it just kind of snowballs in a really positive way. 
My husband has been nothing but supportive of it. No, he is so psyched about it. He's like, oh my gosh, we're going to fix to both of our bikes when they break. This is going to be amazing. For doing something that I love. We've been together she for a decade. Something and that she loves as we'll well, figure too. it out so and it'll be fine. But you know, obviously it's, it's it was hard to juggle. People, like, you know, it was hard to juggle Judging family. me openly and for like leaving for business. a year and a half. Like it's the worst thing in the world and he's going to starve to death. My wife decided that she was going to start her own business about the same year that we had our first child, which was the same year that I bought the studio. So it was like this whole mishmash of like, oh, what is going on? It was it was a little rough at first. Yeah, I have to put my life and man on hold for a year and a half, and that's been really tough. Like I for the first couple of years, there was a lot of handoff. And so her with my husband and having to leave them both with the kids, and then as soon as I would get home, that is the hardest part. There was. Not a whole lot of together time for us. So that, that was a really difficult period. Eric and I are like a team. Like but we work together we all day. We the eat end, every meal together. Once we and, had established. Uh, we've been like that since we met when we were 18. So 10 years ago. Jobs and that would, would just free, knowing that we're going to be apart has, and it's, is so it's hard really and so heart wrenching. That's like the only part that like hurts me. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the desert and ride around. But there'll be a hole left from where I leave. As far as having a vision for the business, some aspects I think I have a very strong My husband vision and I are total for, schemers, but the vision's so like, always we're already changing. Planning everything. Like, as what the grants can we apply progressing. for? We want to hit the ground running as soon as there I get other back. People like, we would hit the ground running right now if it wasn't for my with lack of a lot knowledge. Of investors <laughs> and startup capital, and they didn't know what they were doing, and they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars there's that world of home recording they didn't need that doesn't people work are very well for what they're doing everything themselves and i understand it because it's a budget conscious kind of thing because we no started one person can do with very little investment and capital. the performance we sucks because they're too busy watching the waveforms or then kind of someone's gone and they've got their eyes closed and like really trying to emote the things and needed, they don't and realize that they're completely kind of clipping understood what we needed i wanted to like learn in a specific atmosphere and like be part of a specific community that wasn't available to me. And I remember going to Babe's Ride Out and seeing this wealth of women all come together for one weekend and none of them knew how to do anything to their bikes. And it was kind of, I don't want to say sad, but you could tell that they wanted more. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's fix our own bikes so we don't have to be dependent on anybody People else. People that have been through this process and made a bunch of records, it's it's old hat. They understand it, you know. And and those people generally have a much more clear vision in all aspects of, of making a record. That has to do with their history in the studio as well, too. A lot of people that are not used to hearing themselves find out in the studio, like, whoa, I've been playing this wrong for a year So and the half. two guys who I am apprenticing with both went to MMI and... They rave about it all the time. What a great school it was. So it just seemed Some to fit where want I wanted to be. To see and so I kind of just like called up the schools like a, to me it becomes more <laughs> a testament I've been to out of school for a little while. <laughs> to be like, I can do this better. I can do it better. And in some cases, that's sucking it up and being like, 
I really want this part I wanted to, to get be there, certified but I can't in like it off. specific Who do you know that companies like Honda, for instance. Um, that happens a lot for myself, but also and so that when I think records these are better for stupid it. men would come in and be like, ah, "What is a woman doing making a shop?" Then I could have the credentials to back it up and like point to my diploma and be like, "Fuck off." <laughs> it would have been great to travel at least around the country, maybe even further. Going to China would have been amazing. And I think if it's a larger mushroom product, farms, I try to have discussions. Draw them. inspiration and ideas from them as true to what they're start trying what we're to doing. And present, I think we probably you know, if would they're have had a better like, oh, we, we have to do, do it this doing. way, and this is how we want it to sound. I'm not going to stray from that too much. But I feel like I try to push people to see if they can envision something a little differently. It's either going to be like, whoa, that was awesome, or, or they're like, yeah, no, and that's where it is. You know, I've, I tried, it either succeeded or it failed, and we move on. Right now, the vast majority of our business is fresh mushrooms, which we're passionate about, and we love doing farmer's markets and growing mushrooms for local restaurants. But I hope that as the business grows, that becomes a decreasing percentage of our revenue. Um, we just launched a line of dried mushrooms. We're um, going to be doing some canned and pickled mushroom products, as well as some I have to be grow your own mushroom I kits. Feel like I can keep I'd really like to try to push quickly. them into a national market. Guys would come in and like specifically tell the two other guys not to let me I work feel on their bike because I was a woman. Push and pull of trying to maintain and a quality product. They just product, don't want to give me any of the cool stuff because they don't experiment. want me to like screw it up. And it's when like you start people's experimenting bikes, and I understand that, things, but like. I want to rip into an engine and like rebuild it. And I want to feel like it's okay to make mistakes. I'll get really stuck on something because I really like it a lot. I'm sort of a creature of habit to a fault. But then I'll learn about a new way of doing something and and try it and be like, whoa. As you you grow, you can kind of choose what you do. And already my role has changed a lot. I harvest a lot, but I very rarely do production anymore. That's part and of the quest I used to do production every to time we did learn it. More. And in most cases, well, in all the cases so far, it's made what I feel is a better product. It's definitely exciting because I've gotten so comfortable with my life now, but I want to be a better person. So when I come back, we will add to each other's lives. I not think like there's definitely a good take away little that pieces of it. The more I can North bring to the table, the better. Time. I mean, I think the problem solving aspect like of i am the least morning person you will ever and meet and business, i have a 20 minute like commute really to work i'm gonna have to like be on my bike at like far beyond 6 a.m every morning even in wealth and, and it's money. like all these things that i wouldn't be caught dead doing right now everything i just want to like i don't want to say reinvent myself but like frankie 2.0 is what i'm trying to just get at ultimate challenge and puzzle which i really i've already been to school and i have a ton of student debt so it is a little stressful stressful, but it's more exciting than anything else keeps me interested i get to learn something new and And i'm kind of good at it already this toolbox and getting more and more tools and we're becoming more experienced at working with i enjoy working at jobs where what you learn and the wisdom that you can learn never stops um and when it does it's time to move on in my opinion I feel like I was a lot better at that a long time ago. <laughs> Mental note. I'm going to try to be better like about that. It feels like a vacation away from being an adult. Sort of I get to ride around in the desert and trying to learn. go to bars at night and kind of like re-explore what it is to be young. It's exciting to know that I have that time to be 
a free spirit and really give it my all to learn it. And I think this is the line that we were just talking about with the Weedly Wheeze. Exactly. All right, so you ready? Do I just have to do that? Yeah. You know how you got that long pause and then you finally come in? Yeah. So this is right there, okay? okay. Here we go. I think you're still early on that. Yeah, so listen to listen to his his riff. Me isolate One and two and three and four and one and two and three. Alright. Same place you guys? We've kind of realized in starting North Score that to be persistent and do something solid. in the long run like okay. we want so to be like totally to passionate and involved in what we're doing but quick. we also have to be careful not to burn out and then not have the excitement and drive to keep being a creative. lot of audio engineers at my caliber have to take on sort of the role of counselor uh, making sure that no one has a temper tantrum and make sure everybody's not hanging. People always or, you know, say the that, you know, drummer business owner never leaves work. But we really try you know, to stick to there's this whole other subset of quote-unquote audio engineering that is above and beyond Part the of that role is also of, hey, you should play it again, or hey, can you tune your guitar? People responsibility, one person like having faith in them. If you're a micromanager, like, you are going to burn yourself out. And so I think it's good to try to step away. I had to like hire someone to replace me at the farm, which was very hard for me because I like things done I in a very specific way. Voice, and thank God the guy that me, I hired. It, it's is a good thing, but being able to sort of kind of blend into the background right now for me, I, I really enjoy it. I, I definitely had a different vision when I was singing as a frontman in a band. So I think it's just as the business where my brain is organically we've all sort of just fallen into right roles both by our competencies where i totally and our willingness to the do guitar things. to make it not sound like a guitar and i'm singing backup vocals at high range to fit in with the woman that i'm singing with i do the majority so I'm, of like i'm trying the to make management what i as do as dealing with be as like mostly transparent employees as and facility so being able to be in a group um, with a woman fixing and designing is our very systems. commanding and very upfront. It's sort of kind of me being like, I'm going to just step back and be part of it because I enjoy it and I feed off it and help with reinforcement, you know? The office work is really strange how that's been divided. I now do all accounts payable, but Matt does all accounts receivable. It's like optimism and pessimism and we've divided that into two realms so he gets excited because he sees all the money coming in and i get all stressed out because i see all the money going out and it maybe should be a role for one person but it's cool that we the uh, studio split for that me up and do it that way it's sort of an extension of my personal travels i definitely music. feel privileged and i've always happy to have played in Matt bands, and John as business partners. so i feel like that sense of community sometimes you're like people bicker, like helps. siblings sort of in like general we get along is greater than its really parts. well we're just fortunate in that our I want to skill sort of sets bring are in really core diverse group of individuals we have like a synergistic effect my belief in terms we of all workflow do so much better because there's three of us and making sure any of us would be able to do on our own i'd just like to have us all do that for a job so it's not just me doing it you know what i mean so this 
sort of sense of community, I think, is a big part of, of that studio for me. I hope that when I open up my shop, I can be like warm and welcoming. And it's just going to be, they'll know who I am and feel like they can walk in and just be like, I don't know anything about bikes, but I'd like to get set up. And I'll be like, great. Um, just like really work on anything with a motor in it. We'll take in your moped, we'll take in your bike, whatever the piece of machinery is. And like, I'll be like a certified mechanic and be able to help like there you is figure out how to own it. Of what we Just do in general, I feel like you want to be like a safe haven help. for people like, if you can you know, be. Well, so here's what worked for this group. It's just like filling a hole that needed to be filled. And I just not feel have like to rely on these guys who just want to make you feel shitty to, for being people who you are is, is <laughs> and owning that piece of equipment. It's really helps us stand out. I hate that like old school biker mentality and I want to bring in a new era of learning and motorcycles. I just want more biker friends because for the first year I rode by myself everywhere and it was exhilarating, but it was lonely and I'm hoping to change that. I would like to see it we more community-based. Uh, a little bit over a year ago to one Hollowell two slash Gardner where the farm is because it was so, a lot you know, cheaper. It's sort of a group effort. There's a lot of space. I would like to try we to have work roll-up doors and, and really concrete kind of floors, really and we actually want to put like on. a small cafe again, in the front, kind of so it's like a hub that of whole action. Trust thing. It's also good to not be in a city so that people can ride their bikes around in like a safer area, and it's beautiful out there. So for a lot of different reasons, it's where the shop will end up going, but I think it's, I think it's the right spot. In the beginning, there can be a business that's losing a ton of money and really struggling. And even at that moment, it doesn't mean that it's not like successful or on the right path. And so sometimes I need to step back and be like, yeah, we haven't been doing this that long. This is a really hard industry to be in. Nobody says that it isn't a struggle to be a small, high-quality, like, farm or food producer, you know? Like, it is a hard business to be in. To be honest with you, I don't even know how the music business works anymore. What I grew up on and what I thought it took to make it as a band doesn't exist anymore. I grew up in the era of practicing the shit out of stuff, making an okay record, and then just getting in a van and going. I realized know? that I, a whole I was going to need now. help financially pretty quickly. I was going to do like a GoFundMe, but I really hate just like straight up asking for money. So I was like, all right, I'm going to sell t-shirts. And I asked my friend, can you illustrate me in the desert? And so he did this great image that's on the shirts and he gave it to me and I was like, oh, this is how you see me. Just like a really good pair of boobs and the rest is like a lizard. <laughs> like, because that's I, what I really thought that mixing this record was going to be super daunting. And it's actually been probably one of the easiest records that I've ever mixed. And I think it's just because I knew what these songs wanted to sound like. So you know? I put and up I feel like the website there's an and I remember this fear that like, no one would buy any t-shirts. Like, I'm going to get ridiculed being so bad for, the for these decisions. For time. And all the other bands that I've ever but done that I've, I've been really proud of were right not under 1500 bucks. It's kind of weird, actually. Even the Babes Ride Out people did like, like a band, so it's little like, write-up on me. More than just the money was like this little boost of like, I can do this. I can definitely do this, which it's nice to have women in back of you pushing you forward, being like, yeah, go do it so that we can 
all have a place to hang out and learn and just have fun. That's what it's about. Man. You could set success at like how much you gross per year or, you know, how widely distributed you are. There's, you know, a lot of things that could be a determining factor for some people for success. But success for me would be if I could call up any old friend that I thought was really competent at something and be able to offer them a sweet enough job that they would like drop what they were doing and come work for us, that would feel successful to me. Creating a company that has a really fun, upbeat work environment where we decide who we work with and got paid really well. That's really is my goal is to work with people that I want to work with and kind of just create like a community through the business. I follow Dice Magazine on Instagram and they always have these articles where this guy has built the sweet chopper and there's this like very scandalously dressed woman next to it. And that's pretty much how the bike community like shows off their bikes. And like my dream is to build an awesome bike and also be the hot lady next to it like I want both I can be hot and sexy if I want and still be an awesome mechanic like I'm allowed to be whoever I want in any capacity that I am my worth and who I want to be is not dependent on how you feel about me I try to do the best that I can but at the end of the day I'm human like that 100% that's in my brain if I got it to 95% of the way I'm the only one that would ever care you know if I set these lofty goals for myself at the end of the day Maybe I didn't get to that goal, but I feel like I've learned things and I just, I did what I needed to do and I have no expectations whatsoever other than just try try to like make some good records and have fun. So setting the bar low. Two huge characteristics (laughs) and people that I think we as like a nation would consider successful are they have to be really persistent, which I'm definitely learning to be. And they're almost never satisfied because if you're satisfied, you're not going to push really hard. You know, you'll be content with what you're doing. Um, So as much as it sucks to not be content, it's kind of exciting to constantly want to like push for the next thing and see what happens. I could die any day that I get on this bike. Like it is very dangerous but I'm choosing to keep getting on that bike because it gives you this overwhelming sense of like, I own my mortality. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory. And like the feeling of riding is like, I don't know, a roller coaster, but all the time. You feel like so empowered and just like you're owning your own space, 100%. People in cars have the safety and like people on motorcycles have to be present with everything and aware of everything in front of you and back inside of you that's what i love about it is that you really take control of yourself and say i'm doing something on purpose and like taking charge of your own life special thanks to alaya frankie and todd for sharing their visions 